War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. It is Thursday. It is September 8th. And, uh, folks, I want you to check out the website, petro.com, because, you know, yesterday, if you were listening, we had the story. And if you go to the website, petro.com, we, we have the audio of it, but we broke the story. Mary Brimmer, North Kingstown Town Councilwoman, demanding litter boxes be removed from schools in north kingstown where you have children that uh apparently the schools are accommodating because they're saying that they identify as cats so the story has rocketed we have the original story and a mother actually sent me a photo which she believes to be the litter box now there's controversy here because the school is claiming well Technically, the, the students that identify as cats and they, they go to school dressed up as cats and they uh, meow and purr and hiss at different people and um, that they, they're, not, they're not supposed to use the litter box. The litter box is there as comfort. But the fact of the matter remains there is a litter box inside the school. Now, last night, again, if you go to dipetro.com, you can um, see the story and also i mean on on top of that we you know we we did as i mentioned it was um we when we spoke with mary uh brimmer who's north kingstown town council uh, you know she was the one who's been on the front lines and she's had the information on this and as i said it is completely rocketed now a couple things i was speaking with a family member um of one of the students who her claim is that it's been um her words now really difficult on the family and the child has had some kind of a a difficult summer and it sounds like they were trying to appease the child who in some way uh and again i'm not trying to be mean here that they may be going through something but the fact of the matter remains, folks, this is what's going on in the schools. We wonder about the test scores. If you have children that are saying they identify, I'm, and now I'm hearing all these different stories. There's a boy that apparently identifies as a dog. He was reprimanded. He was chasing cars in the parking lot. Now I'm finding in North Providence there was a young student who identified as a wolf. And then, of course, if you go to the website, folks, and I can't promote it enough, just because it's the one place you can get the story, but... You have the uh, student at CCRI who is identifying supposedly as a lizard. And you can see the video and the pictures where he's walking around CCRI as as a uh, lizard. And then I was corrected and someone said it's as a reptile, not a lizard. Nonetheless, he's in the full outfit. 
Listen, I think this is wrong. You can see the the story. School provides litter box for students who identify as cats, and then the North Kingstown uh, councilwoman demanding the litter box be removed from the school. And then, of course, um, now then people are coming in with um, CLM, Cats Lives Matter. But this 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 is what opens the door when you move into an area of. And that's what it is that they say to the children, you know, it's diversity, it's inclusion, it's you tell us the pronouns. If you're five years old, if you're a five five year old little girl, but you somehow identify as a boy, then we'll, you know, come up with a boy name for you. If you're a uh, a young boy, whatever it is, eight years old, ten years old, but you feel that you really feel that you're a girl, then we'll, you know, treat you as a girl and, and call you girl names. And then in a couple of years, we'll help you get uh, surgery within, you know, transformation and become. It, it's so damaging what's going on in the public schools. It, and make no mistake about it, folks. This is this is the progressive left. This is when you have someone like a Governor McKee who is completely influenced by the left. This is what happens with the, the, the wokeness, as they call it, the far left and how they just try to cater to this you know this is in some ways this is the tira mac effect of rhode island which is there's lawlessness everything goes out the window anything goes you know they talk about like the generation of the 60s and the 70s right remember like the woodstock generation if it feels good do it type of thing this is this is if you feel if you think you identify as a cat then just be a cat if you feel you identify as a boy then you know voila you're a boy it's kind of reminiscent of of uh jesus with the 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 wedding in cana where he would you know he turned the water into wine that's that's how they're treating it it's there there's a lot more at play here and it's it's actually very serious now the relative of one of the girls who identifies as a cat at the school in north kingstown you know she was saying things to me and i did a facebook live on this last night of you know well you don't know what it's like to have a child that that identifies and claims they're an animal and i said you know you're right i don't i do not and and you don't know what it's like to be the parent no you know you got me there too guilty as charged i don't know when i was a child i i never thought okay i'm you know whatever i'm a dog no you're you're actually you're you're not that's a species you're you're not a dog you're a human and the the question right now is 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 the school um and i noticed now other media is starting to pick up on the story they were hesitant at first we paved the way we broke it yesterday now all of a sudden it's out of the box but what are we to make of you know this this business of they feel you have to accommodate you don't want to upset anyone you don't want to offend anyone and it, and i think it does come under folks this is what we've seen when you have men that are swimming in you know they grow the hair a little bit long and then they're swimming in female swim races and boys who grow their hair long put it in a ponytail and ken becomes kennedy uh, or kendra and suddenly they're running in a female track meet this is the offshoot of this this is then people saying i think i'm a dog and then instead of trying to work with the person they go out and get them a bone when you have a young girl who's obviously confused frightened formative years and says i think i'm a cat well the solution to me is you don't go out and get them some cat toys you don't get them a litter box you try to kindly you know calmly explain to them now this you know aunt i i was trying to say i could see all right maybe for one day two days the child is hissing meowing purring laying on the floor eating food out of a bowl maybe you say you know maybe this could come in handy it's like character acting maybe we're going to encourage it's normally maybe a child who's struggling a little bit trying to find their their place in the world find their place in their their class in their society in their in their age group is what i really mean amongst their peers but i think that when you hit day two day three you know and then the meowing and the purring and the hissing and and then insisting on using the litter box eating food on the floor out of a bowl i think that's when a parent 
you know, you have to be a parent, you have to step in, identify that there's clearly something wrong. But now you have the schools and the schools are being told you have to accommodate who the child, who they think they are. And I don't think that's, I know that that's not healthy. You know, I remember now, again, I attended old boy Catholic high school, Bishop Hendrickson, and, and, and there you had to, you know, you had to have your hair a short, certain length. You had to wear a tie. We had to wear a tie and a jacket. And, and you were told, you know, they felt that if you look in the mirror and you have long hair and your hair's a mess and you haven't shaven and you're wearing a black Ozzy Osbourne T-shirt. And if you, you know, at Hendrickson, they used to say, I don't think you could even say it anymore, but they used to say, if you look like a bum, you're going to act like a bum. And it's it's even, you know, there was the film Trading Places, right, where they take a homeless person, put him in a suit, and he behaves a certain way. Then you take the successful business person, it's like, a, like an experiment, and put them on the street and how they behave. So th- this business, you know, appearance does matter. And taking a young child who then becomes, that's what's also dangerous, that is how they then gain attention. And that, but you don't want that to be, that's how they gain, you know, that suddenly becomes their identity. And it can be very dangerous. You had the, you know, we all remember, the, well, the, you know, the Columbine students where they they started, you know, wearing the trench coats. They were kind of the school misfits and it was all breeding inside. And they were doing that because they were acting out. They were bullied. They didn't feel comfortable. Their parents were not engaged with just how bad their life was going. And they started acting that way. And then we see, saw how that turned out. And you could also see on the website, CCRI has a problem where they let this student march around in a lizard costume, claiming he identifies as a lizard. That's not being, boy, that's so, you know, progressive. And, you know, we allow people to be themselves. And, like, we, like, di- we don't dictate who people are. You know, if you're vegan, you're vegan. If you're a lizard, you're a lizard. If you're a cat, you're a cat. No, there's, there's nothing healthy about that. There's something wrong. That is obviously someone, think of that. They were, they're high, sh- literally shielding themselves from the world behind a mask, literal mask, and then marching around as a misfit at CCRI in a lizard costume. No, they're not a lizard. They're frightening people. They have certainly gone off the path. But I would argue the schools and the adults are not helping these children. All right, we're going to talk with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Folks, a lot more ahead. It's the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Folks, you are listening to the John DeVito Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, com. Time for our legal segment. Joining us right now is top attorneys. He's our legal expert. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, we might as well start off. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about the legal situation of former President Donald Trump. Um, he's got a lot of legal challenges a lot of things in the air uh that explosive washington post story that came out that i noticed i didn't see any denials on that very very serious allegations but any anywhere you want to start i i think obviously this business of the special master has kind of definitely uh 
thrown, I, I don't know about a wrinkle, but it's definitely complicated the situation, the aftermath of the raid. It, it, it was, I'm not sure if surprising is the right word, John, that the judge did go ahead and grant uh, President Trump's request for a special master to look at the material that's been uh, collected in the in the execution of the search warrant. Um, the feds say, well, what's the point now? It's too late. We've already looked at everything. We've cataloged everything. We know everything. But I think the judge wants to be sure because it is an extraordinary situation. This has never happened before where a former president's personal residence has been raided in the way that um, President Trump's residence was raided. And some of the material could be the subject of executive privilege. So mm-hmm. if the special master were to determine that the material is executive privilege material and should have never been seen by the government in the first place, that material would be returned to President Trump and that material could not be used in pursuing any criminal or civil charges against him or his associates. Now, that presumes that there is legitimate executive privilege um, requests to be made. There could be other issues in there. We talked about it once before where apparently there's a lot of attorney-client material in there, communications between Trump and his attorneys. That's really not appropriate for the feds to be looking in and looking at confidential communications between President Trump and his attorneys. The exception would be, and I'd be astonished if it was there, let's assume the attorney-client privilege is you know, one side saying, how do I cover this up? How do I destroy evidence? And the other side says, well, here's how you do it. Well, if the attorney-client communications are in furtherance of a crime, then the privilege would not attach. But that could be a whole other area of confiscated materials, which can't be used if the government chooses to file criminal or civil charges against President Trump. The more Um, unknown issues are, you know, the the Justice Department, they're masters of leaking information. They leak all the time about whatever they want. So there's the specter that Trump had nuclear uh, secrets at his personal residence. There's a specter that Trump removed certain uh, papers from files marked top secret or secret. And, you know, the question is, what became of those? Did he successfully move them elsewhere? Uh, Did he destroy them? Did he flush them down the toilet? As there's been media reports that uh, he did that. I'm not sure I believe those reports. But a master can at least report back to the judge Um, as to what was found, what's legit, and what should have never been taken. It's going to be tricky to get a person who fits the bill for what's required of a special master. It's going to have to be somebody who knows this area of the law and has presumably something along the lines of top secret clearance. You know, a competent lawyer who knows this area of the law would not necessarily be appropriate, nor a retired judge or a sitting judge if they don't have security clearance. That's right. So what does this do to the trajectory of this investigation? Well, it slows it down. It really slows it down. And as has been well analyzed in the mainstream media, If the Justice Department, John, chooses to appeal this judge's decision, it's going to hang the appellate issue up for a considerable period of time in the courts. Clearly, if the Justice Department appeals the decision to appoint the special master, this will drag on well past the midterms. Wow. Now, if the Justice Department is looking to line up the president to be indicted sooner than that, um, well, they may not want to appeal because that would put the brakes on things. 
However, I mean, it's a two-edged sword. By appointing the special master, now we got to go find somebody competent to look at this material. That's going to take quite some time. There might be some haggling about who is the appropriate choice to look at this material. Um, a special master's investigation in reporting back to the judge would likely take this well past the midterm elections. So either way, by the Trump team doing what they did, which I think has a lot of people in the legal community questioning why they asked for it so late in the game. Right. Either outcome gets them what they need right now, which is delay. Because if the president wants to be a political um, person through the number midterms out there um, campaigning for um, candidates of his choice, the longer he avoids being indicted or charged civilly or criminally, um, you know, it, it, he doesn't have as much luster taken away from him as would be the case if he were charged civilly or criminally in the nearer future. Either way, and we still don't know all the material that was taken, but if these leaks from the Justice Department are true, uh, I think the president has serious criminal consequences down the line, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and Tim Dodd, it, it again, um, you know, for a lot of the people that are out there and, you know, talking about it, it, it when in reality, you know, this, as you've started, you know, th there's not only a major game of kind of high stakes poker going on because they know what they found. He may know what he believes they found, but on top of that, we, we don't, it's possible we don't know if there was other surveillance. They, they could have a lot more potentially that led up. Isn't that possible to the raid conversations? As we've said, I mean, the place is crawling with Secret Service agents. There's, there, there still remains tremendous amount unknown of not only just the documents, but maybe peripheral of what was going on around the documents. Yes, and who were the informants? We yeah. can presume they were, the informants were um, Secret Service personnel. Um, it could be the household staff, but it's more likely Secret Service people who hear phone calls. They, yes. they're there. You know, they hear everything that goes on. Yeah. They're you know a constant presence. Yeah, they know um, visitors that be coming right to the office. They know the who's compound. coming. They know when they're coming. They know who's yeah. coming in and out. And you know I. I, I don't know because I've never experienced it, but I'm sure after a while the president treats, you know, secret service, like his own security detail, right. not really, or not thinking that they would ever um, betray him yeah. and be whispering in back channels to the uh, justice department. But that mm. is apparently what happened here. Yeah. Tim Dodd, before we, um, and we're going to, obviously, um, there are other situations in Georgia, but the, the prospect of, you know, when people hear nuclear codes, nuclear documents, um, you know, that's one thing, obviously, that concerns our country. But then, uh, according to the Washington, Washington Post report that, again, has not been refuted today, um, the former president has been kind of quiet today in this matter of the bombshell. But uh, you, you can certainly see where... We have surveillance, meaning the United States and our government, and we know other countries, what their nuclear capabilities are, what their you know, military uh, possibilities are and options. And, and seemingly that intelligence could be very valuable to other countries of what just removed the United States from it. But what information we have regarding another country's potential uh, nuclear capabilities. Yes, and what's been leaked is that the material at Mar-a-Lago did have information as to the nuclear capabilities of other countries. Yeah. We don't know if those were friendly countries right. or enemies. We don't know who. We don't know what the capabilities are which were discussed. It, it, and the whole thing, John, is just very curious. Yeah. Why, why did Donald Trump want this in his yeah. desk? Right. You know, if you if you listen to MSNBC, you'll have talking heads saying, oh, he was going to sell it to our enemies. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily buy no. that theory. No, but so, 
<laughs> but there's well, going to be a but, reason. But it could be, you know, if you're, let's just Saudis, they would certainly be very interested potentially to know what we might know about, let's just say hypothetically, but a country like Iran and what their nuclear capabilities could be. That would certainly be valuable information to the Saudis that have so much money. Well, or, or would he be trying to become the new J. Edgar Hoover and have dirt on every politician yeah. internationally and every government so that right. if he did get back in, he could say, hey, listen, mm-hmm. I know, blah, blah, blah. And right. I can share this with people who are opposed to you yeah. unless we can, you know, I, that's a far-fetched theory, but right. it doesn't make sense no. unless he was using it to blackmail political enemies or international mm-hmm. enemies. I don't think he's be selling the stuff, No, but it, it, he fought so hard to keep it. Yeah. What was the end game for him? Right. That's what we don't know yet. No. And we'll be so valuable about it. Yeah. It doesn't make it it doesn't make sense unless you presume a nefarious purpose. Sure. Uh folks, quick break, much more ahead. Attorney Tim Dodd right here, our legal expert on the John DePietro show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401. 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane heating and cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 Speaking with a legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, Steve Bannon is back on the news, and I think the Bannon case is interesting. Obviously, he hasn't he doesn't uh, shy away from the spotlight, but uh, I think it's also from what we know about he was expecting to be indicted, but that that the pardon he received does not apply to apparently what they're going after. Apparently, the accusations are about that charity they started of you know finish the wall build the wall yes um and he was in the process of being lined up to go to trial on federal charges that the whole uh, fundraising effort to complete the wall was a fraud and and a sham and a scam to bilk people out of money apparently when um, Steve Bannon and the other folks involved in this fundraising efforts would tell potential contributors that not a penny will be taken in administrative costs and fees. All money raised will go towards the completion of the wall. And this charity apparently easily got donations of, I think it's $25 million. And apparently Bannon converted at least a million dollars to his own account for purportedly for um, expense reimbursement, et cetera. Now that goes against the representation that not a penny would be taken for administrative costs. So he's looking at the potential of, uh, you know, the criminal charges would include obtaining money under false pretenses, um, fraud in the inducement, defrauding people, telling them, where the money was going and then it didn't make it to its intended um, purpose Uh, conversion taking money that was not supposed to be for him and converting it to his own use there's a number of potential charges you could also get into wire fraud charges but that would have been more on the federal side so um, president trump before he leaves office um, i'm not sure if he pardoned um, Bannon or just 
I, I think he did pardon him, but that yeah. only takes in a federal um, criminal situation. A president does not have the ability to pardon an individual regarding state charges, only federal charges. So now New York has decided on virtually identical facts to charge Donald Trump, excuse me, not Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, excuse me, uh, in state court on the same facts. So the, the uh, pardon does not apply. Bannon will have his opportunity to put up a defense as to where the money went, why it was there, what the purpose was, and try to um, deflect from the notion that he converted money and skimmed money from this charity. Who knows if that'll be successful. Um, this case is apparently now being pursued zealously by, I believe it's Alan Bragg, that left-wing um, prosecutor that's now uh, installed in New York, courtesy of George Soros' fundraising efforts on his behalf. So you've got people in there who are Trump haters who are looking to take down anyone in the Trump orbit by whatever means necessary. Um, you know, Bannon's wriggled off the hook a few times, but if what we read is true, um, he's got problems because it does look like he skimmed money from this charity against its stated purpose, its stated objective, and what was represented that there'd be no administrative fees, costs, salaries, or anything else coming out of it. 100% of the money was going to go to that wall. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, Dominion has not gone away. We're starting to learn a little bit more about this lawsuit. And I'm just curious, your thoughts, that apparently the producer of Janine Piero, Judge Judge Janine, that, that there was apparently some... How does this play in if, in fact, the talent in this case is is, is potentially being being warned about some of the things that they were going to put out there? Well, yes, this producer, there's now emails that have surfaced that a producer was warning Fox News. <laughs> Guys, you got to pull Janine Pirro <laughs> off the air. you got to give her the hook. You can't yeah. let her stay on the air saying the things that she's saying. Now, interestingly... Um, I guess Janine Pirro was very tight with the Trump administration. Yes. She was at the White House frequently. And lo and behold, after she's carrying water for the Trump administration on this uh, purported election fraud and Dominion problems, wouldn't you know, in the waning days of the Trump administration, Trump, um, I think, issued, he couldn't pardon, but he gave clemency for Janine Pirro's husband right. who had been convicted years ago of tax yeah. fraud. Yeah. So she had perhaps a motive to carry water for the administration and to pump up this Dominion story, which as time goes on has less and less credibility. You know, this was all the Sidney Powell Kraken nonsense yeah. that, you know, had the world sitting up and taking notice what does she have does she have the goods to show yeah. that these machines were fraudulent she was going to or... release the kraken yeah we're still waiting <laughs> but if it's one thing if a news anchor or an opinion person says it's been reported or right. let's assume um, i'm paraphrasing here hannity's in the crosshairs carlson's yeah. in the crosshairs let's assume one of those guys says in court today, Sidney Powell made allegations that the Dominion uh, equipment and its software was subject to manipulation. Well, that's not the speaker making no. the allegations. It's basically reporting what yes. happened in a courtroom. Here's what happened. Yep. Now, that's one thing. Right. But if it morphs into... Those guys at Dominion, they set up a fraudulent system. They knew it was fraudulent. They manipulated the software. That's a, an affirmative statement. Yeah. And if said, um, that would be a statement made in reckless disregard to whether the statement was true or false. If you know a statement to be false and you say it anyways, you know, verbal would be slander, written would be libel. If you make the statement not knowing if it's true or false and you do so recklessly, 
and it turns out that what you said is not accurate, well, you're also subject to, you know, slander um, allegations and money damages, libel allegations and damages or defamation. Mm-hmm. So you got to really parse the words that all of these talking heads were saying and whether it was their own opinions, whether they were making the allegations or whether they were reporting on what was others were saying or doing in courtrooms or on other networks air. Um, it's very complicated, you know, in terms of <clears throat> who will be financially liable. The mainstream media loves to say, oh, Hannity's going to get nailed. Uh, Tucker Carlson's going to get nailed because those are the guys with the biggest ratings. Right. And, you know, it's one thing to say they're in the crosshairs, but I haven't seen many transcripts in the media saying, here's what they said, which was defamatory. Right. Tim Dodd, what about before we take a break? Um, they're still uh, at work in, in Georgia and uh, surveillance video shows fake Trump elector scoring signal, Sidney Powell operative. It, it's incredible. I mean, I, I don't know. After the election, some of these people just they threw caution to the wind and, and great legal minds. I mean, just the wheels came off. I don't know why they didn't think about this. You know, this in this day and age, there's surveillance videos everywhere. There's, I, I, I just, I mean, the deeper, the, the Georgia is definitely a problem for many of the main players involved here. Well, the question is, what were they doing? So yeah. in, in Georgia, um, purported fake Trump electors or other people working for, you know, organizations that were trying to overturn the election were in contact with election officials in Georgia and they were invited to come in and analyze the Dominion machines um, and the software. Now, what information did they get? What did they download? Did they manipulate anything Apparently, these people with questionable authorization to be there were there for hours <laughs> looking at this equipment. And now that this is turning into a bigger story, I think like I want to call it one of the women who was in charge of the Board of Elections for a certain county. She's dummying up. Gee, I don't remember how long we were there. I think I was there for an hour. I think I went out to lunch. And she was in the room behind closed doors for like five hours, six hours with these people um, doing, we don't really know what with this um, voting equipment. No. So it's, yeah. it's not a healthy or very positive um, development. No. Now, the people who are in there looking, if they're listening at the time to, you know, Sidney Powell, who previous to this whole election escapade, had a pretty good reputation yeah. in, the, in the legal world. She's out there saying, I got the goods. I got the Kraken. I'm going to release the Kraken. Mm. And people figure, well, she must have it. And they yeah. get on board. And then the rug is pulled out and they're all sitting there with really nothing to go by. Well, the music um, stopped and there were no chairs in the room. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with our legal uh, expert. It's analyst uh, legal attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, um, closer to home, Nellie Gorbea, two different stories. I, I think 
you know, one of them, obviously these, these voting mishaps. And then I don't know how something like that happens. And I, I don't know who these 55 people were that were voting off of the 2018 ballot. But on top of that, uh, there's a fund that's actually spending money in her name. I, I just wonder if it's one of those things that you do it at the very end. And then as they're trying to maybe go after someone, um, you know, it's almost like the damage has kind of been done. Like it's, it's a little late in the game to try to get the air back in the balloon. Well, it, it appears that uh, the Gorbea campaign has had a lot of self-inflicted wounds yeah. um, along the campaign trail. I mean, she had that mistake with um, footage from what was it from Channel 10 or Channel 12? Yeah. That was a big mistake. But I mean, in the last election cycle, I think it was the Raimondo campaign was showing ads purporting to be scenes of Providence, but it was a building in Iceland. So these things things do happen. But more recently, um, she has a PAC, a Latino PAC, raising money and spending money on television ads. And, you know, PACs are authorized to do that we see you know in all sorts of campaigns where outside money comes in it might be a union who's running advertisements for or against a particular candidate and this latino pack was running ads for nelly gorbea the um mckee campaign says that she broke election law or they not she because they're independent but that they didn't follow the law in terms of disclosing how much they were going to be spending. And there's timeframes for giving notification. Gorbea's team comes back and says, well, they did comply. It's all a question of when notice was given that these ads were going to run. So in my view, whether this Latino pack complied with the law or not, um, if they complied, they just about did so, uh, and they might not have done so. But, John, I think that the um, 55 ballot screw-ups is far more significant. Yes. Now, it's not great to read, but I'm going to read very quickly. Um, one of the, uh, the, the, pers- the spokesperson for the Board of Elections says, elaborating on what happened, Here's an example. Now, you know, and your listeners know that people were going to vote early and they were given a ballot with a list of candidates from the election of 2018, which, first of all, how the hell does that happen? So you got a list of candidates from 2018 and it says, if a voter um, chose a 2018 candidate and current Providence Mayor Jorge Alorza, who is not on the ballot this year, the voter using one of the new express vote devices would have gotten a paper printout saying that he or she had voted for Gonzalo Cuervo without ever seeing the names of the other two, 2022 mayoral candidates. I mean, how's that even possible? Yeah. That you could have such a multiple number of mistakes in the same situation. I mean, we're using a new election technology company called Express Vote. And apparently this is to make it easier for people with disabilities to vote. So you I guess you take your finger and you touch a computer screen. That screen then converts who you've selected to a paper printout and you feed the paper printout into the ballot counter slash collector. But I mean, if, you know, everyone's always talking about election integrity. I mean, this doesn't speak well for election integrity, that you could have the wrong slate of candidates. And if you voted for somebody who's not even running for office, it would print out one of the current candidates as being your selection. Apparently, the people who um, attempted to vote in this way, we think there's 55 of them, we're using the Spanish in Spanish language ballot, um, I think. So who knows if they would have gleaned that 
their vote wasn't registering correctly and it was right. showing up as somebody that they didn't intend to vote for. It's yeah. astonishing it is. that all of this quote unquote improved technology keeps making Terrible. mistakes over and over. And this is happening in primaries all over the country. It's not That's an right. isolated incident in Rhode Island. No. Um, since we've gone to this, you know, computer technology, the discrepancies seem to be getting worse and worse. I, I like the old days when you'd pull the handle to that yeah. big machine with the yeah. curtain and you'd yeah. flip the little levers. That seemed to be a relatively foolproof system. Yeah, yeah, I don't know and why you'd we walk out and feed this. it right in and boom, yep. you're done. Yes, folks. Again, we're speaking with our legal uh, expert attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, two other stories. One is, you know. Uh, there's never a shortage of people that think uh, like they think that they've come up with this way that they can earn money. And somehow people, you know, this business with the Ponzi scheme that, that people, I don't know how, but they fall for it. I'm sure a number of them must think like, wow, this sounds too good to be true. But this is a, that was a huge amount of money that she racked up in this Ponzi scheme. Yes, it was something like $196 million. And like every other Ponzi scheme, it's not that tricky. The the, the format is somewhat predictable. She gets early investors. She's promising that they're going to get a return of 10% per month. That's 120% annualized. So the early investors, she's using fresh money coming in to pay back the early investors who tell all their friends, holy cow, this is great. I'm getting 10% per month on my money. Mm. So the word gets out, more people start investing. And the early people, they're getting paid and they're telling everyone this is great. But eventually you run out of fresh money. Um, The the investments are completely uh, bogus and fraudulent. There is no real money coming in. So the, there was never any quote-unquote interest coming in or profits coming in. It was just using new people's money to pay the old people who were the initial investors. There was an illusion that there was profitability. Um, but it's the same thing over and over. Bernie Madoff did it yep. bigger, bigger than anyone. Uh, closer to home, there was a woman in East Greenwich who ran a much yeah. smaller Ponzi scheme. But it's the same yep. theory. It's the mm-hmm. same theory. And, you know, this woman defrauded, I think, something like 5,500 individual investors. Um, She is only identified right now as a co-conspirator. One of her other partners in this is being charged criminally, but she'll get charged unless they turn on each other. And these are the types of cases that you're looking at multiple year prison sentences if the case can be proved. And usually these Ponzi scheme cases are pretty straightforward prosecutions. The dollar amount can change, but the scheme is the same. Yeah. Um, And Tim Dodd, finally, you know, I give credit to um, elected officials like a Glenn Youngkin that, you know, a lot of people sometimes in a moment things get passed. But I, I like officials that are not afraid to go back and go after some of these woke laws that get passed. Well, you give, I, I think you give credit to um, Governor Youngkin. Um, the, the left, the woke, the whatever you want to call um, elected officials in Virginia passed a law. It's so stupid that they wanted to follow the example set by California and have a moratorium on selling gas-powered automobiles starting like in, I don't know, 2030 or 2035. And Youngkin's like, why are we following, you know, California, which clearly is, can't govern itself? It's, no. it's, it's a train wreck. I mean, look at what's happening right now. In California, what, 3% of the vehicles are electric. And because of, you know, a hot summer and um, electricity supply problems, people with electric cars are being told, well, don't charge up your cars right now. Mm. Oh, oh, good. So I can't charge my car. And mm. now you want to make all the cars that are available for sale in California um, electric. There's not the infrastructure. There's not no. the electrical grid in California to ever service, you know, 
a state where all the vehicles that are being sold have to be electric. That could be, you know, you could have, I don't know, 30 million vehicles, I think, is the number that could be um, sold if the California law sticks. And this, there's not the grid to ever supply enough electricity to all these cars and still supply electricity to homes and businesses, et cetera. Right. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think the only way you could ever sustain the amount of electric cars they want to have sold in California would be to go nuclear. And that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. So the whole thing is, it's feel-good legislation. Oh, we're going to go electric. Oh, really? Where's the electricity going to come from? You're going to burn more coal? You're going to go nuclear? What are you going to do? It doesn't make any sense. Folks, he is our legal analyst. It is uh, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast, is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2 but visit the website depetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website depetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at depetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, depetro.com. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie. 401-305-3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant.